Hello and welcome to Glass Ceiling. We're back and better than ever for 2018. My name is Gina Baldessari and I'm here with Matt Beachy, the founder of Startup Daily. Happy New Year, Gina. My claw <laughs> just fell off my desk. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, novelty Christmas gift we got you that is actually quite handy. No, it's not a novelty. Look, I'm picking up my coat right now. So it's good to be back in the office and um, we've got a really interesting episode of um, Glass Ceiling for you today. So it's, it's a bit of a reflective one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's the, the interview that we did with Mon Wolf after the Startup Master survey uh, results came out. Um, and uh, it's interesting because this coming year as in 2018, which we're in now, um, the survey takes on a whole new dimension Mm -hmm. because it is now able to be used by the ABS and uh, uh, there's some interesting things that can happen now that we're in the fourth year, I think it is, um, of of the survey that um, Mon goes through which um will probably be eye-opening for most of us yeah there's also some um interesting well the whole report is obviously hugely interesting but particularly um you know some tidbits around things that i think will um really come to shape the conversation in the startup ecosystem in 2018 you know looking at the stats around um foreign-born founders, the number of female founders, that kind of thing that Mon also had a chat to us about. Um, yeah, I think looking at, at the report in, um, you know, obviously it was from last year, but in the context of w- what will come to pass in 2018, mm, there's yeah. a lot there. And immigration is going to be a huge topic, especially with the 457 visas exactly. and that kind of thing as well. Yep. So uh, without further ado, here is Gina and I grilling Mon Wolf. Mon Wolf is the CEO and co-founder of Startup Musto, which is the uh, largest and uh, most comprehensive survey of the Australian tech ecosystem. And uh, she joins us now. Mon, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, do you like the view at the uh, new Barangaroo precinct that we're uh, inhabiting? It's, it's pretty epic. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a slight amount of vertigo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, no, we, we, really sat, we sat you kind of like over the, uh, over the window. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. On, I'm on the If we don't like the edge, answers to your questions, I? we might give you a little push. Why not? I was actually at a, I was at a conference, a German startup conference earlier this year, and they had a plank. It was pirate-themed. Oh. And <laughs> speakers would walk the plank. Um, so, so, you, you know. plank. They also had a bungee jump, so they oh, just do oh, things Jesus, differently they there. They do things a bit hardcore, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Now, um, the results of the survey are in. Very, very exciting. Uh, it's an exciting way for data nerds like myself and yourself to end the year, I feel. Uh, the impact that uh, the startup and innovation ecosystem and people that are supporting it and that I feel is really felt 
in this survey. I mean, how many surveys are where this is the third one? The, this is the actually our fourth one. Fourth one. We don't okay. really talk about the so first one the, too well, much. Well, the first three, <laughs> I feel, though, were like very similar, very similar in numbers and that kind of thing when it came to like looking at impacts, it came to like the amount of startups that were in certain locations and that type of thing. And I feel that this one is kind of like the results of the last three years' hard work that people and environments and in accelerated programs and incubators have been putting in. Um, Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I feel really, really happy about this one and really excited about it. And I think, you know, we it does take time to see those that hard work come to fruition, right? You know, you can't just... Um, assess and accelerate a program based upon the first cohort that they've ever had through and I think we've grown with the startup ecosystem you know it's a lot has changed in the last four years so we've really moved with that Um, and yeah I'm really excited I mean it's this report has solidified some of the um, elements that we've seen previously as well as highlighted other areas that are really emerging. So one area that I think is um, has really stood out in this year's report as being you know an emerging kind of space is the fact that 38 almost 38 percent of future founders um, identified as as female yeah which is incredible and um, the the proportion of female founders current female founders has grown to officially hit a quarter yes 25.4 percent so that's you know really um incredible finally but um what i found interesting was also looking at the hindrances for founders that they've identified the things that kind of um you know kept them from from starting in the past and i was thinking so that figure around 38 percent of future founders are female like do you think that those hindrances will come really into play for them especially like we know how much like family and that kind of thing affect women in the workplace yeah um so yeah for me I was just thinking like 38% is amazing but how many of them will actually go on to 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 start mm. well what we're also seeing with the future founder segment is that they're a lot younger than the current startup founders. So the average age now of a current founder here is like 39. When you look at the future founders, they're a lot younger. So that indicates to me that um, potentially some of the more, you know, the work that's being done in STEM education, the work being done at university level as well in terms of trying to get students to think more entrepreneurial in, in a more entrepreneurial way are starting to come through financial components have come forward as a real um, hindrance right because you know you want to be financially stable to be able to take on something like this so I kind of feel like that's going to that's going to be a concern for anyone at any point in in their age and but ultimately when you are younger you don't have as many financial dependencies you know generally speaking so hopefully that might be um, kind of that time to jump in so same thing with me I mean when I started Startup Muster you know um, don't have any kids don't have a mortgage now because of Startup Muster definitely don't have a mortgage um, so I was able to take that risk and I really I, I don't know I champion those that are in that like 30 to 40 age range that are doing it when they've got everything on the line they've got to pay for their house they've got to pay for their kids and schools and and so that's why I love that you know 23% said that having a supportive spouse was a really big um, push for them to be able to go okay I'm going to try this I'm going to do it um, yeah so I think that those kind of boundaries are always going to exist but I rather look at, okay, well, if we know that financial 
um, sustainability is an issue, you can devise policy around that, you know, or even private industry can get involved. There's ways to get over that kind of hurdle. Um, and that could be really interesting. Um, so speaking of support, good segue, um, we know that this survey only runs off the support of the ecosystem, um, especially in terms of, like, you uh, don't promote it in a way that, like, incentivizes anybody. Like, it's it's literally... Um, and can you, can you kind of, like, explain the ethos behind it, first of all, before I ask my question? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and you come from the ABS, like, a, a background in um, data science and, and that kind <laughs> of thing, and you've kind of really stuck to those principles in the formation of this organisation and this initiative. Um, So talk to us a little bit about the ethos. Yeah, so for us, the aim was always to be able to inform the startup ecosystem, but also produce estimates that would be um, accepted and utilised by like government uh, departments, private industry and foreign interests. So anyone can put out numbers, whether they're actually going to be used in a way that's going to inform and, and help Um, drive how this community is going to develop that's a totally different thing Mm. so we went we need to stick close to our principles and best practice that we've already learned so that we have a defensible um, survey and the outputs that come from it to remove any worry Mm. any risk any questioning about um, the quality of our data and and how it was attained so that's really for us the whole aim is to demonstrate and accelerate the impact of the Australian startup ecosystem so it has to be ironclad you know gold star and that's why when we got funded by the Commonwealth Department of Industry Innovation and Science last year Mm. it was because we put forward a very defensible case that the ABS wasn't able to do what we're doing Mm. and that we were able to do it at a quality standard that would appease organizations like the ABS and other government um, entities. And does that include needing to get a certain amount of um, respondents? I think, yeah. I mean, we have to be able to verify that we've been comprehensive in our survey collection. Um, And so, yeah, that's why we work so hard on, on trying to explain that we're literally doing this so that there are unbiased quality outputs so that we can build a sustainable startup ecosystem. Yeah. You know, no one no one wants to make da- uh, decisions off of shit data. Yeah. Because they're going to be <laughs> shit decision, decisions. Yeah. So, and sorry for my French. That's okay. We swear on this show all the time. Okay. Um, <laughs> if, um, just to, to clarify, um, in terms of data collection, like you, you hear of like survey companies and that kind of thing that are like this is a sample size which you can then go to the media and you can then like mm. that that type of thing was something set by like com- the not by them industry? what we do is we um, put together say for um, geographical populations we put yeah. together uh, proxies okay. based upon ABS data and other third party data yeah. to be able to understand okay well are these are the proportions that we're seeing in the, the final statistical sample yeah. aligned with those yeah. Um, our ultimate ge- goal is to create a population estimate. Yeah. But that is a totally separate thing. And yeah. it actually requires us to have four years of data to be able to okay. do it because you got to look at entries and exits mm. and times mm. and other proxies. So 
that's something I'm super excited about because everyone also always asks me exactly. Everyone yeah. always asks me like, what is the population of startups in Australia? And I'm like, I definitively won't answer that question because I can't answer it to the same quality standard as our current statistical outputs that we're putting out. Okay. Once again, I will be flouting those numbers left, right, and center. Mm. Um, but we need to put the work in to be able to do it, and we finally are at a point where we can start to look at that. Cool. So that kind of gives some explanation and context to what my question is going to be. We mm. saw a bit of a fall when it came to Victoria and um, the stats around Victoria last year of how many Victorian startups there were was less this year. Mm. Um, but also that coincided uh, with another survey <laughs> that was put out uh, by Launch Vic um, and, uh, and Startup Victoria. And um, that said that there were a certain number of startups and that data does misalign with what you've got there. But I'm guessing that maybe the cleaning process of that data wasn't the same process or what would we put yeah. that down to? Were they, were they at least, are those organisations supportive of Startup Muster in, in yeah, the region? Yeah, I, of course. They've always said that they're supportive. I mean, Startup Vic comes out as a top membership organisation for startups in our report. Um, Great. We're looking at a situation where you've got different uh, samples different so different definitions as well from my understanding startup vic was going for a much broader um definition they wanted to capture every single innovative company in victoria so we're talking about like an innovation ecosystem yeah. as opposed to tech startup ecosystem exactly okay, and yeah. in our in our case we have the founder survey which is very much startup focused and then we have the support survey which focuses on the businesses that are directly dealing with startups um and I think also the ways in which we attain our data is quite different. Mm. Um, so we, like we've talked about before, we don't we don't um, do a competition. We don't offer anyone a prize at the end of completing Startup Master because we wouldn't want people to be filling it in for uh, reasons other than to share their data and, and, and share what they're experiencing for the betterment of the Australian startup ecosystem. We design our entire survey tool ourselves, so that gives us um, a lot of flexibility um, around the cleaning of the data, mm. and also that comes into also, um, I guess, how rigorous um the, the data has been collected. So something like we can filter out respondents who respond really, really quickly mm. because we can see, oh my God, you're just wanting to fill in the survey. When you use a third-party survey tool, you don't have that kind of insight. So, Interesting. Yeah, so we like, I mean, people ask me, what do you do other than, you know, when you're not out on the road and you're not, you know, putting the report out and it's like so much goes into the upkeep of the actual statistical tool that we've built, enhancing that, having it learn also from previous years. Mm. Like we're incredibly tech heavy as a startup. We're not very like marketing heavy. <laughs> um, mm. So I'm learning a lot at the moment. So I think... Is that your biggest challenge? Um, I would say yes. I mean, next year, well, this year we did the soft launch of the connection feature, mm. um, which happened at the same time as our collection for this year's um, survey. So my focus at that point was making sure we had as many respondents as possible to the survey. So next year we'll be talking a lot more about the connection feature um, and really having to look at how we're going to shift and, and play with our um, marketing strategy to begin with now, um, how it's going to move on. Because pretty much now you can take part in Startup Master any time of the year. You only fill it in once and then you can go in and you just update the areas that have changed. So you might have more employees, you might have changed revenue. So we're also trying to combat survey fatigue 
by mm. having you you complete it once it is exhaustive or it's comprehensive mm. but then you can just go in and you can update and you're also getting while you're in there a list of and a connection option with all of these supporters that have identified through data that they can assist a startup like yours. Mm. So it's like, um, it's something totally new and I think I need to get out there a little bit more and, and talk about it. I kind <laughs> of like the um, the feature that you did have in this one where as you were filling it out, you could see what yeah. the answers in that yeah. were. Um, being one of the questions being around like the media sources that you <laughs> use um, and... Startup Daily did well. We did well. We <laughs> came out on top for for, um, for a, a lot of them, I think, which was pretty good. Um, even beating TechCrunch by like point something of a percent. Hello. <laughs> uh, so, and thank you for everybody that does read uh, Startup Daily and continue to do so, please. Um, but I, um, I want to kind of know a little bit about um, in terms of that digital marketing process and because of the ethos like what like is there limitation is that kind of like a well so how the what we thought about with the connection feature is people are giving a handing over their data to us yeah. with an indirect benefit of having awesome stats yeah how can we actually help solve one of the major issues in the startup world which mm. is startups and supporters trying to find the each other in a timely fashion for mutually beneficial outcomes like mm-hmm. taking an investor he has like 16 cups of coffee maybe one of them will turn out into a deal Mm. wouldn't it be great if we could help it that he would only have to have eight coffees and you know one will turn into a deal so we're actually um we've been able to create an ecosystem where you're incentivized to be honest because that affects the support that you see and of course you want to see the support that is most relevant to your startup and then we're also um helping to accelerate by enabling a connection feature between the startups and that support mm. which hopefully will lead to mutually beneficial outcomes so it's I just sort of a really good marketing idea grilla oh, marketing yeah, idea totally. for you Tell me. because I see you guys at like a lot of events right and you yes. you support a lot of events you are a partner with a lot of people at events um, and um, I see your branding in that there but wouldn't it be cool right go yeah. with me on this if you had like this screen where like you want people to fill in the survey and they're going to be the people that are in the room in most cases at a startups and they can start to fill in their survey on the big screen mm. and then like they do like one or two questions but then you've got the email already so you can go do you mm. want to finish the survey and well, send out a marketing thing to them also that's another thing of us being able to build the tech ourselves and i love that because <laughs> thank you the moment you put you your email that when you put when you start doing that <laughs> The moment you put in your email with Startup Muster, you get an email sent to you with a personalized link to go back to the survey because we think, well, what if for some reason your computer crashes or you got to go do something else? Which happened to me, remember? Yes. With the survey, yeah. So you need that that link to be able to go back in and not have to like start all over again. And I put my email in wrong, if you remember rightly. (laughs) And then it was like actually going to try to get into the Pentagon to get back into my survey because... (laughs) Mine like said you need to have proof that like this is your email blah blah blah. I was like, what the f? Okay, I, I know. but that does go to show the ironclad security around the data that you're collecting. So yeah, I, no, I think like that's I, to your benefit. I know. I was thinking to myself, I know you, but it's like 
that's not the point you know it's like no we got to follow due process we're we're very risk averse like I'm an old person on the inside <laughs> like I'm just like <laughs> risk averse I want to go home and have a cup of tea <laughs> just, you, you are my people <laughs> um so you mentioned before that you know kind of the point of this survey is to help in shaping policy and that kind of thing um and obviously a big issue for the startup landscape the past couple of months has been the 457 visa issue and that's sort of been highlighted in the report as well and some of the press you've been doing the last couple of days because um, we found that almost 36% of founders were born overseas yeah and um, a lot of future founders as well Um, how have you seen that come up you know in in your travels and even you know you obviously you said you've Startup Master has gotten funding from the federal government um, and I know you, you must be speaking to, to politicians about tech and innovation as well. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah, what kind of conversations have you had? Yeah, so, I mean, probably should stipulate we don't just focus on government and, and that policy, but it's like, you know, also the corporate landscape is a really good one. Like 68% of our startups are B2B and like in the next six months, I think 30% said that they wanted more corporate clients. So like, you know, really digging into those different stakeholders and going, well, this is the opportunity for you. This is the opportunity for you. But it just so happens that a lot of this data can be used to to help make informed policy decisions. Personally, I've had up until Startup Master no experience with government and ministers apart from working at the ABS, but I never had to deal with ministers there. Um, but yeah, the, there is a lot of conversations. What I've heard is that you know they were uh, trigger happy on the four five seven visas, like something changed, and that hopefully over time it's going to wind back or a new. Uh, new decision will be made that's going to help benefit the startup ecosystem because you know there's been some very loud voices um around the the hindrances that that this 457 visa can cause um even for the startups that went through the time and effort and the money to get clearance to be able to you know have 457 visa workers you know they put all that in and now it's been grandfathered so they did a massive sunk cost um and they've gotten one or two you know great workers but they might have wanted you know 17 um as they grow so i, I from what i understand the politicians out there and that are very aware that we're upset um and having this data where you can talk about the fact that well you know startups are international the startups that are chosen to start businesses here a lot of them we're not even from here so you know we if we want them to build their businesses we should probably incentivize them to stay here Mm. um and also you know when you're building a product or a service that is going to help not just the australian market but also international markets you want that international you know influence and when you look then at the fact that we don't have as many stem skills coming out that we would (laughs) why Pretty much, I think a lot of people are just thinking, why? Why is this happening? Um, But one thing I think that the Australian startup community is, is resilient um, and really hardworking. So we'll, you know, we'll find a way around it. Um, But that's why you also see that so many startups outsource work. And, you know, it's probably because they're not able to, (laughs) in some cases, hire the full-time staff that they need. Um, One of the findings in last year's survey was that that most people are outsourcing to uh, local 
um, people. Is that still the same? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. still is. So it's like 85% of startups outsource work in the last 12 months and 71%, so very similar to last year's, um, outsource within Australia. And when you look at it, it's, it's still legal accounting design. There's software development in there as well. Yeah. So, you know, um, startups, you know, with the resources that they have are going to make do however that they can. So, you know. Your big thing um, this year, you went on a bit of a um, national tour, if, oh, I, yes. if you uh, want to call it that, um, to some pretty remote places. Um, Love it. You uh, one of the – there was a couple of highlights. Um, I liked that um, you called Bega the boss and uh, the boulder <laughs> of uh, Australia. Yeah. Um, places like that, what were some of the, the – um, the highlights and discoveries that you made that kind of blew you away in terms of tech. Obviously, mm. we've done some stuff with our Silicon Paddock initiative yeah. and the country is always full of surprises and so varied in the industries that they're playing in. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like I did a tour last year as well, which was great. I really love getting around and just talking to everyone about what they're experiencing. The reason why I called Bega the Boulder is because I've actually been to Boulder. Like, you know, a lot of people talk about Boulder. I've actually been there. I had a really funky experience there. It's just quite different. And um, there's a place in Bega called the Fun House, the Fun House Studio, and it's run by this California chick. And she just she just got it. She's like, I'm creating a creative space where people can come and do the things that they want to do. And some of them were tech heavy, some weren't. Mm. Um, Bega's an interesting one as well because they don't have a very strong industry presence. So, you know, the, the people that are driving the startup ecosystem in Bega we're not even born in bigger. They're usually coming from Sydney, Melbourne or Canberra and they've come for a lifestyle change. Yeah, well, actually, I was going to say it's actually one of the communities in Australia with the largest um, uh, community of angel investors um, because a lot of people retire there. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, how can we tap into that? How can we make things and make it that we're connecting better? Mm. Um, I think with bigger as well, you know, there the small amount of business that is there is very old school. So how can we help them, um, you know, I guess learn that this is a new way to engage and these are the new and up and coming businesses and mm. they're the ones that are going to be there even if being a cheese, whatever happens to them, Did hopefully you have a nothing. Cheese and Vegemite toasty? Uh, no, I didn't. I can't eat cheese or bread. So um. <laughs> These but people that can't eat cheese or bread these days. I know. We're the worst. <laughs> we're just terrible. You um, must have a very think, boring life. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do. There's yeah. nothing better than a ham, uh, a Vegemite and cheese toastie with a chalky milk. Wow. Mm. I am... Um, are you lactose I, intolerant too? No, no, I used to eat them when I was a kid. I could eat them back then. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting when you go to the regional and rural areas around Australia, they're all dealing with the same issues. And a lot of them are really wanting to connect with the city hubs. But my argument is you guys are all dealing with the same issues. You've got very similar ecosystems and how and the challenges that you're experiencing. So rather than trying, and you should connect with the city hubs, but actually start to connect to each other. I want Bega and Bunbury talking. I want Townsville and Toowoomba and, and you know, Ipswich or whatever, um, getting together and talking about how they're dealing with the same issues. Like, Have you been to Beechworth? Uh, no, I haven't. Should I be going Good bakery. There? Mm, best bakery. Um, <laughs> go there for a sausage. Can you eat sausage rolls? No. Oh, fuck <laughs> me. Seriously. Okay. This is my, if I didn't have Startup Master, I'd be doing another startup and it would be a food delivery recipe one for people that have FODMAP. 
because oh. it's like not a fun thing. Um, so. Well, maybe they can make you a special sausage roll. I'll like warn them in advance. But um, Be- uh, Beechworth uh, has a jail there, which Ned Kelly's mother was in and that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> it's very Ned Kelly country, but they're turning the jail into an innovation precinct. Oh, cool. And um, they are turning um, part of it into a co-working space called Breakout. Great name. <laughs> Um, but we went and did filming there recently and um, uh, something a bit scary happened when we were near Ned Kelly's cell uh, when Gina went in there and the footage is all crackly and weird and spooky I'm and now chills. Gina has Ned Kelly's ghost like riding on his shoulder all the time. I think he's been with me ever since. Dude, <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past him and <laughs> that freaks me out a bit. But what I actually really love is like the Australiana that's come into the startup ecosystem. So you got Fishbone is named after Fishbone. Startup Muster is named after the first startups that we ever, uh, first surveys we used to run, which were Musters. You know, you got 1814 uh, up in Newcastle because that's when Newcastle was founded. You got the breakout. Like, it's like, you know, kind of as going back to our roots, so to speak. I think that's really fun. I just think and that's cool. And of course, cool. shout out to Barry Yamal, which is also... Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. And actually, that I mean, one of the standout experience that I had was in Cairns when we went to Yarraba, which is this indigenous um, reservation. And the NADOC Artist of the Year, she, um, she did this beautiful... Um, artistic work and there's another woman in Cairns and she runs a company called Maney and it's scarves and you think what's tech about scarves but she um, purchases um, rural indigenous art and then gets them um, printed onto these beautiful silk scarves and and has a whole thing about the um, the uh, the origins of the art and the artists themselves and everyone that she sells a proportion of it goes back to the artist so she's helping to fund these communities and we we spent a lot of time talking about how she does the the um the does the transition from art to scarf and she's like I couldn't exist five years ago because there is so much technology required to be able to do it as well as the fact that she sells online and um, you know her biggest customers are actually really affluent Americans who come in on the boats but it's one I just loved it because you know we got to meet the artist um, and we got to experience what what they're going through and to see how this like social impact entrepreneurship is is having really positive outcomes and it's like how can we have more of that happening how can we you know scott morrison says we got to get better at telling our stories this is an amazing story we need you know channel 7 covering it so it gets that wide national exposure that it deserves um but yeah that was just like that was probably my favorite experience on this tour um speaking of startups telling their stories i feel like I was actually a little surprised to see that fintech is the number one kind of sector because I feel like those in the real estate space oh, yeah. and dating apps are the ones that always pitch me wanting to tell their stories. Um, so, surprise, fintech is the, the number one. I love when you look at the smaller ones, the shifts and changes in blockchain. Mm. Um, AI uh, yeah. has grown heaps. AI, um, HR tech that's where I'm interested in and also like I I 
I don't think we should rush into stamping Australia as a fintech startup country. What our data is showing is actually we play pretty broad. Like the fact that fintech is out most outstanding, but it's 19%. You know, it's not like it's 70%. Mm. Um, and we're giving everything a go and we're really working on those emerging technology sections that are also being worked on in, in Israel and Silicon Valley and all those other places. So, we, you know, we're, we're playing at that international level. Um, and like cybersecurity, you know, went up three times or something like that. So that's kind of those, they might be, you know, small proportions, but they're changing. And that's what I'm interested in. And then also when you look at what industry supporters are looking at and how that shifted. Um, yeah, it's just correlations are interesting. And I think that, you know, in terms of, like, who's putting money behind things, like if the government is going to open an ag tech accelerator with $100 million behind it and everything in our hands, well, then we're going to see a boost in ag tech and that kind of thing. So it's um, you, you can kind of manufacture that type of stuff sometimes in the in the ecosystem. What, how did ag tech rate, by the way? Uh, I think it's middle of the pack. Yeah. I, Do you feel it sometimes, like... We, for a very long time, we had, like, traditional industry sectors, like media and communications and, um, fi- like, and yeah. that's kind of like how recruitment companies um, labelled everything. And it's confusing now because mm. it's like, do we just add tech onto the back of everything? Do you feel that, like, people categorise themselves in multiple ways? For instance, yeah. if you're, like, working with farmers but you're actually like working with farmers on a payment system are you a fintech or they, do they class themselves as an ag tech yeah so that's why with startup master we the question around industries and themes is multi-select option so you know that's where it's interesting is like okay well are you artificial intelligence but also somehow like in media mm. um and seeing those kind of um intersections and that's also one of the reasons why um why we've been previously funded by the government as well is that we could show that these uh, classification systems for industry and occupation are really outdated um, and that pretty much underpins all of the business surveys that you see. Mm. They get classified to these ANZIC and ANSCO codes that haven't been updated since I think 2006, maybe the last time, the time before that was 1993. So um, how we go about it is like we've got, you know, quite, you know, broad industries but industries that we know that startups are working in and are the broader names of it and we just allow them to go okay well which ones are you related to so we can cut the data and look at you know how many startups are just pure fintech how many are fintech with something um and looking at the intersections because that's that's where the magic happens Mm. is when you take two very different industries and put them together Mon, thank you so much for um, coming and sharing those insights with us. If you want to um, find out more information about the Startup Muster survey, you can do so by going to startupmuster.com and you can follow the um, action of all the survey. And are you going to be putting your videos on like on on the Startup Muster Twitter? or Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. We're, I have an Instagram. don't really have a lot of followers, but it's fine. Um, Is it on the Startup Muster? Um, no. So it's at Startup Muster if you want to follow the yeah. survey. But if you want to follow Mon, let's give a show. Let's get a, oh, well, some more followers. Is that oh, um, at Mon Wolf across everything pretty much? Yeah. At Mon Wolf. Yeah. There we go. Mon, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> So that was our chat with Mon. Um, If you want to read the Startup Muster report for yourself, just head to startupmuster.com. And um, we'll be back with a new episode of Glass Ceiling in the coming days. Um, You can also head online to startupdaily.net to read um, our 
feature articles and news every single day and check out our other podcast startup meets corporate which is also um you know there's a good backlog there that we did last year some really interesting conversations with you know corporate innovators from everyone from like westpac to tau um but that's coming back bigger and better than ever in 2018 as well very soon very so soon catch up now. some massive corporates coming on to uh to have a bit of a chin wag with us very exciting head to startupdaily.net for everything mm-hmm.